Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. For those that aren't sold, it's, it's probably because they haven't seen enough of him in games, and, and I can certainly understand that. Now, that being said, we've seen hundreds of reps that weren't necessarily regular season games, and we've seen some of the things that we feel like he can do on a consistent basis. But I, I think, look, I think uh, that's often the case with any new player. Um, and so new meaning if that time comes where Taysom's transitioning into quarterback only, uh, people are excited or anxious to see, hey, how does he function down in, down out at that position? We, we think that he's going to be an outstanding NFL quarterback. Saints coach Sean Payton, one of the best coaches in the National Football League, one of the best offensive masterminds we've ever seen, a believer in number seven for the New Orleans Saints, Taysom Hill, who comes in at number 36 on the Chris Sims Top 40 quarterback countdown. I like that they use your Roger Goodell's evil twin photo. Seriously, can we find a new one? (laughs) No, no, let's use that one. That, that's the photo that's going to be on the School of Sweaty Butt merchandise that we're going to be selling soon. But Taysom Hill, number 36. We're working our way up from 40 to number one. Look, I, I can't complain. A guy who isn't even number two on the depth chart in New Orleans is number 36. I, I And I don't know how much higher he deserves to be at this point because he is unproven. And, and look, I, I, and I know you guys have your fun, especially Big Cat. He wants to push me all the time on, on the fact that I'm sold on Taysom Hill. I've seen enough of Taysom Hill as an all-around weapon. He strikes fear in the heart of the defense. He was the best player on the field in the wild card game between Minnesota and New Orleans. If they had used him just a little bit more, the Saints would have won that game. That's why I'm a believer in Taysom Hill. I've seen enough flashes of him to know he can be a man among boys. And we've seen it from time to time. And that's why I think he's going to more than justify that placement once he gets a chance to play quarterback on a regular basis, especially with Sean Payton designing the plays, dialing up the easy completions, devising the offense that fits his skill set, Chris. 
You know, that that's right. I mean, Sean Payton, you said it, one of the creative, creative offensive minds we've ever seen in the NFL. He's going to have plays that, you know, use Taysom Hill's strengths, you know, to the utmost. And he's going to really accentuate that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I know you think he should be higher than 36. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that. Most people, when they see this on social media and stuff like that, it's the opposite. How could you have a guy at 36 who hasn't thrown a, you know, regular season NFL touchdown pass, those type of reactions? I get it. I understand. You know, but I think you and I both see the big time potential here. And we've seen growth at the quarterback position, too. Now, I couldn't make them any higher. Really, I couldn't because it still is a little bit of an unproven commodity. And, you know, hey, when you do get to come in on a, for a, a special dial it up, Sean Payton's had this play in his back pocket, you know, uh, for a week now, that can make life easier on a quarterback. I need to see some more reps and meat and potatoes. But the things I like and what I see, I do see a guy where I go, you know, I understand this guy's got the chance to be the franchise quarterback. I understand why, you know, this is Drew Brees' last year there in New Orleans because, this guy has a big-time arm. I mean a really big-time arm. He can really spin it and throw it with power. We see how he launches the ball down the field. You know, of course, his athleticism. But the big thing I saw, especially during the season a little this past season, and then especially last preseason, Mike, and when I was accumulating the list and going back to watch plays, just to think about some thoughts I wanted to say about certain players, man, Taysom Hill in the preseason last year leaps and bounds from where he was the year before. Ability to play in the pocket, process information, go through reads, you know, get to that second read, read it, and let the ball out of his hands in a hurry was all really good. Well, and here is some of Taysom Hill in the preseason last year against the Chargers. This is a special edition of Deja Vu. There he is right out of the gates. Now, Chris, that looks like one of those Sean Payton design plays, easy completion. But look at the poise. He's got the blitzer coming through right in his face, not flustered not hurried, gets rid of the ball, takes a little bit of a hit, doesn't get blown up, but, you know, it's not as easy as it looks on the surface because he did have to take that hit at the back end. Well, and did it easy and threw a really accurate football and a, you know, catchable ball. You know, that's the other thing. He's got a quick release, and he throws a very nice, pretty ball. But here's another one. Hey, listen, I know that wasn't the perfect, the perfect throw, but pressure in his face, got people around him you know, has the ability to get the ball out of his hands. And then, uh-oh, this is what Mike loves. But, Mikey likes but, but, this. But here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. That was not a good throw. We have to acknowledge that was not a good throw. But when you follow it up with that kind of a run where you get the first down and then some, you're allowed to have some bad throws from time to time. Well, well yes. But even with that throw, Mike, I'll say he didn't take the sack. At least he got the ball out of his hands and they could live to play another down. So that's big. But you're right. He's got the talent to make up for it. And then he's got this type of arm. A little double move on the outside, and he can push it down the field with the best of them. This is a deceptively great play because what he did there, there was a safety that he very subtly looks to the uh-huh. inside before he throws it, and you see the guy flat-footed and frozen and trying to turn it around because he bit on the inside throw, and it wasn't it, – it, it's imp- almost imperceptible – but he froze the guy just enough before he threw it. I mean, that, that's a veteran move, Chris. It's the nuance. It's the eyes. He looked at the post, so the safety there. Then they had a guy running out and up, so he kept the safety and the coverage towards that post, and then at the last second moves his eyes over there to where the defense has no chance to react. But these are the things we're talking about, Mike. These are the things we've seen. And again, you know, hey, avoid some trouble here, but – we're seeing a guy that looks more than just an athlete who's playing quarterback. Uh, he looks like a quarterback. On this one, though, 
I, look, he shouldn't be taking that sack, right? I, I don't know what happened there. At some point, you just got to get rid of the football. Yeah, well, definitely. But you know, those are things you're going to have to live with a little because he thinks he can break a tackle and outrun a lot of people too. So, you know, those will be things that he'll have to get a gauge for as he plays more and more. Hey, you put yourself in a hole second and 17. You can redeem yourself. He makes a nice little throw there. The timing pattern right in the zone. The guy squats down and he finds him. It's a Sean Payton play. He knew the guy was going to be there and he was. And then he's got yep. third nine. He's got a chance to convert. And here's another one. Guy's right there. And, he, and he, you know, he has to thread the needle a little bit and he does for the first down. He can thread the needle. You know, there's a reason you and I have talked about it the last two years when the Saints want to throw the ball deep. They put number seven in in big moments. That's what he does. And here's another great little quarterback play. Stepping up in the pocket, getting the ball out of his hands, short pass, let the guy run, another first down. Yeah, got away from pressure there. It happened so quickly, you almost don't realize the, the skill involved in avoiding that sack, coming out clean, and getting rid of the football, not losing your eyesight down the field while you're trying to get away from the guys who are trying to put you on the ground. There's another little Sean. That's a little Sean Payton play, a little designed, a little bootleg, right? And he had a he had a guy in his face, but it, no, no big deal. He's not flustered no by deal. that when there's a guy in his face. Other quarterbacks no, do these, get flustered when there's a guy in his face. You're right. And those are plays that are going to have a lot of value in a Taysom Hill running offense because you're going to be worried about the run game and the things they do off of it. So he'll get a lot of cheap completions like that, like we see Jimmy Garoppolo getting the bootlegs out in San Francisco. There's another one, a little it's a cheap, easy completion, but it's a first down because they're trying to get to Taysom Hill. They're trying to contain him. The guy's wide open in the flat, designed by Sean Payton, executed by Taysom Hill. Yeah, and he's running the Saints offense here. These aren't like gimmick Taysom Hill plays and, you know, we're going to get in the wildcat and let him run. This is These are base, you know, West Coast training camp type plays that they would ask Drew Brees to do in preseason football or whatever it may be. So, hey, this is what excites me about it. We just got to see more of it. This is why I couldn't make them higher on my list. I couldn't disrespect some of the other people who just have more experience playing the position in college and in the NFL, um, even though this, this talent is, is very reckoned. I mean, it's unbelievable. This touchdown throw, too. Here's where his skill comes into play. We saw Drew Brees get gobbled up by Daniil Hunter and fumble the ball in crunch time in the postseason game because Brees doesn't have the athleticism to run away from him. When you see what Hill did rolling out to the right, now there was offside on the defense, they declined it as a touchdown, but when you see him roll off to the right, there's a guy who has him, he has that extra little burst to get away from him and then deliver the throw. Well, he's, he's truly, you know, the reason we, we've heard about him is the Sean Payton, you know, we've heard Sean Payton compare him to a, a Steve Young, and I understand that. You know, he's been a little bit of a work in progress, but he's got special, special athletic ability. And you see from this drive right here, he could throw the ball. Like, this is not just some guy who's unnatural and just barely getting it done throwing the football. They go for two to try to take the lead in the preseason game because God knows no one wants overtime. But, oh, no, right in his face. Now, Chris, I studied this last night very carefully. This is one of the Chris Sims, the X's and the O's look good on the whiteboard, but when it's time to go play, it doesn't work. A guy was coming in motion who was supposed to at least chip that defensive end and he just flat out whiffed, and the guy ran by him and blew up the play. Well, you mean the X on the whiteboard didn't actually block the human being that was twice the size of that X on the whiteboard? Yeah, I know. That's funny how that happens a lot. Uh, but, hey, even there, that was a, that was a, there was nothing there. He took the sack, whatever. He didn't want to just throw it up and give them an interception return for two more points or anything like that, too. But, you know, I think those were good examples of what we should all be excited about with Taysom Hill. 
and 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 look, I I don't want to heap too much praise and too much credit. Oh on Sean yes, Payton. you do. <laughs> but, let, but let me say this. Let me say this. If would would you put it past Peyton to have specifically used that play, knowing that that guy was going to pop free to see how he'll dealt with it? No, would you put it probably past Peyton. No. No, probably not. I don't think I would put it like in that. I, I think he was probably fearless and maybe wanted to see how Taysom Hill would react and also probably goes, ah, he'll figure it out if the guy doesn't block him. He'll make a play or whatever it may happen. But all these things are just little good inklings, again, to just try to put together what Taysom Hill is going to be as a quarterback. And, you know, I think you and I expect to see more and more of them this year too, whether it's that wildcat role or in a traditional quarterback sense. I mean, I'd like to see – you know, I think we can almost peg the Taysom Hill offense a little right now with Drew Brees there as going to run the ball, going to take deep shots. You know, did this year, do they open up the offense more for Taysom Hill when he does get in the game? Does he get to run some more normal drop back Drew Brees type passes? You know, I, I'll be interested to see if that does take place. Let me just compare the situation, though, that we saw on that play. And if we can, if there's any way we can run it back again, I, I'd appreciate it. If we can't, that's fine. But look, it's not just... How, does he find a way to make a play and still get the ball into the end zone when a guy breaks free and is in his face? Does he turn it over? Does he do something That's unfortunate? Right. Does Stupid. he cough it up? Right. Because again, because again, the game was in crunch time in the postseason. Michael Thomas ran the wrong route. Drew Brees had Daniil Hunter in his face, and Drew Brees dropped the ball onto the ground, and that was it. Game over. Hill didn't turn the ball over. Hill hunkered down and took the hit, and that was that. Because you get let go of the ball there, it could go two points the other way. So I look. I don't. I I think we need to look at what he does well, and we need to look at what he does when things go to crap, like they did in that moment. And and it's funny, Chris, because one of the criticisms that I that I hate because I think it's lazy. Anytime somebody doesn't like something we say, some opinion that we have. The, the, the reaction is, do you not watch football? And when I try to defend what I see in Taysom Hill, and there it is. Look, he doesn't, he doesn't, there's no disaster. He tucks it and he ducks with, with yep. the guy in his face. He does the smart thing. He doesn't drop the ball. He doesn't throw the ball to somebody who's not open and risk an interception that gets run back 100 yards. But anyway, my point is this. Whenever I get this reaction of, oh, Taysom Hill hasn't done anything. He, he's only thrown 15 passes. My reaction is, do you not watch football? Do you not watch it? And I'm talking more about that playoff game. Did you not watch the playoff game? Did you not see how he was a bull in a china shop running the ball through the Vikings defense? A pretty good defense the last time I checked. If you watch football, if you have any appreciation of how it works, and we've just tried to display in, in a more methodical fashion. And yes, it's a preseason game, but it gives you an idea what this guy can do at the quarterback position. Chris, you should have put him higher than 36. Well, listen, there was a part of me that thought about that. I, I, I didn't, you know, I think if you look at like potential and things like that, I go, oh, okay, yeah, there is potential. You know, he could be, you know, gifted or skills-wise in the top 20 in the NFL. But there is something to... You know, we don't quite know what he is as a quarterback yet. I can't put a stamp of approval on him compared to some other guys who are in front of him who have played a lot more football and understand how to play the position at a, at a different level right now than compared to Taysom Hill, who I know is trending upwards and, of course, getting great tutelage and all of those things. 
But, you know, again, I do need – game reps are real to me. I'm not going to just shun that and act like that's, you know, not a real thing. You know, this is a guy at BYU that really ran a real college-type offense. I mean, he didn't, he didn't do anything in the drop-back pass game there. And, of course, it's still new to him in the NFL. And as, a, as, a, as excited as I am about his athletic prowess and his arm and things like that, you know, I still got to see, okay, will he throw the ball away on, you know, second down – to get the ball out of his hands and not take a sack and put the offense in a bad spot. You know, little things like that. Can he deliver the ball from different platforms when people are around him in the pocket and all those things? That's it, Mike. I mean, that's really the thing. I just got to see him prove it to me. You know, right now I think, but it's, it's different than a college quarterback who I've seen do drop back pass, work a pocket, do all that stuff a whole lot more than, than a guy like Jason Hill. Here's something that's amazing to me, and I want to take Taysom Hill out of the equation. It could be anybody at this point. When we look at what's happening in New England and the question that will rage all year long and maybe beyond, what can the Patriots do offensively without Tom Brady? Can they do anything? Will they be lost without Brady? Can Belichick get it done without Brady? That question will not go away. It's going to nag at Belichick until he wins a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. With Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and Drew Brees, far more prolific of a passer than, than Tom Brady, the 5,000-yard seasons, etc. It's almost like it's a given that the Saints will be fine without Drew Brees because of Sean Payton. I, uh, I and, agree. And I know that B B Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time in any sport, but <laughs> when it comes to this apples-to-apples, apples, how is the guy going to do without his franchise quarterback, we have no doubt that the Saints are going to be fine. And uh, the, the Payton offense has a lot to do with it. And, and Taysom Hill has, I think, a lot of benefit that he will derive simply by being the guy in the right place at the right time to take the reins of that offense. And you could argue that Drew Brees was the right guy in the right place at the right time to take the reins of the offense back in 2006 after the Dolphins rejected him on his physical. So, uh, look, we didn't expect Drew Brees to become the superstar that he became once he took over the Saints offense, and people don't expect Taysom Hill to become a potential superstar, but there's a hell of a lot more out there that we can look at and we can point to and say there's reason to believe this guy's going to be the real deal. And there is reason to believe it. And anybody who would say otherwise doesn't watch football, Chris. Well, you're right. you got to watch football. That's right. We've been seeing it now for at least two years, the past two regular seasons, where we've seen glimmers and pieces to go, whoa, this guy's special. Hey, maybe we should listen to a guy like Sean Payton, who knows a thing or two about offense and quarterbacks. He's trying to tell you that he thinks the guy can be a big-time quarterback. Definitely. Also, yeah, I think his chance of success when he does take over for Drew Brees, yeah, I think they're pretty good because of Sean Payton. I get it. It's a little different that way. The game's so served up on the platter a little bit more, you know, as far as the way but Sean Payton factor. calls a game. How's that, yes, how's that not no a doubt. factor in how we assess what Taysom Hill's going to be? You can't just say, oh, well, well, it's not Taysom Hill in a vacuum. It's Taysom Hill and Sean Payton together. That, that's, what, that's what gets me excited about what the future holds for the Saints with Taysom Hill. It's not innate to Taysom Hill. It's because of where Taysom Hill is. Yes, I, I agreed. You got to take that into account. You know, I know. And it's why I, you know, again, I, I push back sometimes with stuff I'm on Drew Brees because, yeah, I am one of those guys that thinks he's a little overrated in the lures of the NFL and things like that because of the Sean Payton factor. And it's a very real aspect. Hey, Jameis Winston. I think he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in football. You know why I think that? Because Sean Payton's coaching him now. 
That's why I think, and I think he'll be smarter and realize situations and be able to look at defenses and plays in a whole different way. So a very real aspect and a creative offensive uh, coordinator and play caller can make an average quarterback look really, really good. And I'm not saying any of these guys are average, but they can make the game easy. And then they can make, you know, a good quarterback look great. And then a great quarterback look like it's unstoppable and surgical, which we have seen from guys like Brady and Breeze and that. Uh, But yeah, that's what they do. Sean Payton is amazing. Like Josh McDaniels at getting the first guy open, you know, the first read, Hey, here's your first read. Hey, set hut. They look at what the coaches told them. Hey, the guy that coach said was going to be open. He's open. Bam. All I got to do is throw it. You know, that's a great advantage for, for any quarterback. When you mentioned Jameis Winston, you've piqued my interest as to where he may land. The guy who threw 30 interceptions, does he have a spot in the 35 remaining positions to be unveiled? You'll have to continue to tune in to find out over the course of the next several weeks. There are the first five. Tua Tonga-Vailoa at 40, Dwayne Haskins 39, Mitchell Trubisky 38, Justin Herbert 37, and Taysom Hill at 36. We will have three tomorrow, 33, 34, and 35. Also, later in the show, we're going to have a draft of the best gimmick guys in NFL history, although Taysom Hill, we got to know him as a gimmick guy. He's anything but a gimmick guy, and we'll see that as soon as 2021. But before that, Jalen Ramsey has made a promise. It is a verbal promise, not a binding written promise, but it's still a promise nonetheless. We'll tell you what he had to say when PFC Live continues right after this. Um, you're going into the final year of your contract. Where do you stand with that? Do you feel like you have to have an extension before you get to training camp, or how are you kind of approaching that part of the business? Uh, the Rams know where I stand, and I think that's all that matters at the end of the day. Well, well, would, but would you would you play football? Would you go to training camp if you don't have an extension? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey, Rams cornerback, traded to L.A. from Jacksonville last year after he decided he wanted out. The Jaguars were only going to let him go if they got what they wanted. They got two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. Ramsey due to make $13.7 million this year in his option year arising from his first-round contract with the Jaguars. Uh, look, he's made it clear he's not going to hold out. The, the fines have gone up under the new CBA, although the fines can be waived for a guy who holds out during the term of his initial contract like Ramsey is in. Uh, I, look, I, I he's holding all the cards, and he's going to make $13.7 million, which is pretty good money for a corner, and then next year they're going to have to give him a 20% raise or apply the franchise tag, whichever is greater. Uh, he's got the leverage, Chris, because of what they gave up to get him. At some point, they're going to have to pay him to justify the two first-round picks and the fourth-round pick that they gave the Jaguars. They can't just have him for a year and a half and let him walk out the door. No, no way. They can't do that. And, I mean, look, am I crazy, or did I see that Sean McVay made a comment over the last two days that he expects Jalen Ramsey to reset the cornerback market, right? Didn't he say that? So, uh, I thought I saw that. Maybe I'm wrong, Mike. Maybe you can look that up while I sit here and blabber, but – uh, two things that come out to mind here. First off, Jalen Ramsey, even though it might not have been his best year last year, it was still really damn good. He is one of the best defensive players in the league. He is one of the best corners in the league. He is right there, you know, nipping at the heels of a guy like Stefan Gilmore, who's, you know, probably the best guy in, in the business right now. But certainly in that conversation, brings an attitude and style to your defense. You're right. 
I think the Rams are boxed into a corner a little, a little ways this, uh, as far as that's concerned. And, you know, with the new defense there, new regime change with the Rams this year, maybe they'll use him in a different way, too, that, you know, fits his skill set. Last year, you know, he kind of had to fit him in on the run in the middle of the season and Wade Phillips and what he was doing. He couldn't change everything around. They did some creative things. But Ramsey's super talented, an island-type corner and a game changer with the way he plays and what he can do out there on the outside. Yes, and uh, you are correct, sir. Sean McVay said yesterday, according to Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic, that he absolutely believes Jalen Ramsey is the type of player in person who could reset the cornerback market. Sean, we love you. You're a great coach. There are certain things that should remain within your inner monologue, not your outer monologue, because that's the thing that emboldens a guy to say, I, I pay me, right? Pay me. And, and the, you print that off if you're the agent, you laminate it, and you hand it to them when it's time to sit down and negotiate the contract. That was one of the first things I learned covering this business from talking to general managers. You never overtly and excessively praise a player publicly who is due for a new contract because that gets crammed down your throat by the player's agent when the time yeah. comes to actually negotiate the deal. And look, they've already stepped in it here. By not getting a deal done as he walked through the door, this is the Laramie Tunsil blunder. And let's not say that this has now been normalized, this behavior of making a big trade for a guy who's got a year left on his contract and just hoping you work it out. No, just because multiple teams have done something stupid doesn't mean it's okay now to do this. They should have signed him to a long-term deal when they did the trade, just like the Texans should have signed Laramie Tunsil to a long-term deal when they did the trade. You could argue the Cowboys should have signed Amari Cooper to a long-term deal when they did their trade. You get these deals done on the way in because the longer you wait, once you've given up real trade value, you have given that guy more leverage because you're going to look like an idiot if he walks away in free agency. Yes, you will look like an idiot. Uh, you, I mean, to trade away those type of assets. But I do think this was a guy that they traded for, as in the Rams and Les Need and Sean McVay, who saw that there was a future here and that they were going to be willing to pay this guy top market type money or whatever it may be. And, hey, you know, one thing I want to say, too, here, you know, I, I'd like to give Jalen Ramsey some credit. You know, again, he's one of those guys that gets pegged in a, in a negative light sometimes because, you know, he's got an attitude on the field and he talks, you know, trash. Okay, he's supposed to. It's not easy playing corner in the NFL. Hey, go cover one of the freakiest athletes on the planet and stay in his hip pocket if you don't mind. Okay, you got to have supreme confidence and attitude to do that. He also is really awesome at it and really could have held out last year before training camp and said, uh, I'm arguably the best corner in the game. I'd like to have a new contract, just like Ezekiel Elliott did. He would have been every bit within his right. He is in that type of class or player. So he's been a team guy. He was nice to Jacksonville. He's nice to the Rams right now, letting this all kind of get figured out. And, uh, you know, Mike, it's Rams defense. You talk about, like, Leonard Floyd, Brockers, Aaron Donald, Ashawn Robinson, those guys. You know, with Jalen Ramsey in the back end, you go, man, they're, they're going to be a handful for people. We, we can't sleep on them. That, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, even though Wade Phillips is gone, do you think that defense is going to be close to what it has been over the past few years? I, I do. I, I, when I look at that front seven, you know, I know they lost Corey Littleton and, you know, Clay Matthews. But 
you know, I think Leonard Floyd's, a, 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 you know, an upgrade over Clay Matthews. I don't mean to disrespect them. I'm just talking about the points they are in their career. Ashawn Robinson's a real big body in the middle. You just talk about that front seven and you sit there and go, wow, they're going to be a handful for just about any offense they play. And then in the back end, they got some young talent there, too, along with Jalen Ramsey. And Ramsey, you know, the great thing about corners like Ramsey or Marlon Humphrey or Stephon Gilmore is they can add to the creativity of your defense. You can do special things with those guys. You know, as we've seen, you can go, hey, you cover him man to man over there. We're not going to worry about you. And now we're going to play zone with six other guys over here and, and cloud the look you know, to the bunch receiver side. So the quarterback has no idea what's going on and he's not going to want to throw your way because he knows you're an awesome man-to-man corner. So that's the the great importance of these shutdown corners right now in the NFL. They add flexibility to the defensive side of the ball scheme-wise. And really the Rams have two of the very best defensive players in all of football between defensive lineman Aaron right. Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, let me ask you this, though, before we take a break. If Lesney, the GM of the Rams, were given a chance to go back and not do that trade, keep the two first-round picks, keep the fourth-round pick, avoid this potential contractual snafu with Jalen Ramsey, do you think Snead would have said, I'll pass on Ramsey, or do you think Snead would do it all over again? Oh, that, that's a really good question, because I do think they really legitimately love the player. I also think they made the move kind of chasing a little bit, going like, hey, we're still in the Super Bowl window. We, still, we think we can still go to the Super Bowl. To where I don't know, you know, I would think after that right now, they would feel like, hey, we're in not a rebuild mode, but a little bit of a retooling of our team and a turnover process to where, I don't know, I guess if I, in my heart of hearts, maybe I would think he's thinking, eh, maybe I shouldn't have been so aggressive last year. Maybe those draft picks would have been nice. That's a tough it's one, a though. I don't had, know. Yeah. This is a team that had a small window of intense success and reacted to it by paying way too many people and coaches and their general right. manager before it was proven that it was sustained. And it could come back. It could come back. But they got a little bit drunk on their success after the 2018 season. And the Jared Goff contract, I think if they would admit, honestly, that they regret giving him that deal, the Sean McVay and Les Snead extensions, maybe in hindsight they would let that play out a little bit longer just to see if it's sustainable. We'll see if it goes forward. And look, I'm, I mean, I'm, tr I'm trying to be – candid my assessment of where this team is they're not where they were in 2018 no. and now they're going to have to they're going to have to get back to that and we'll see if they can all right we're going to take a break coming up as promised our draft of the best all-time nfl gimmick players we'll do that in just a few minutes here on pft live teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Taysom Hill, I hate to call him a gimmick player. He's anything but a gimmick player. He is a jack of all trades. He is a master of multiple trades. He can run. He can throw. He can catch. He can play special teams. He can do it all. It's not really a gimmick. But, yes, when you see him come into a game, it feels like a gimmick because it's different than what the Saints usually do. So, inspiring today's draft is Taysom Hill's unique skill set. The best gimmick players in NFL history, Chris You've got a question for me. If I get it right, I get the first pick. And my first pick will not be Taysom Hill, by the way. I, I, I hope not. You know, I mean, you know, for the spirit of the draft, that should not be your first pick. It should be against the rules. In fact, we should be able to pick him in general right now, I think, altogether. But either way, make here this we go. The Taysom, the Taysom Hill Memorial Draft? I think that's so. How we, I think that's, that's what we do, do whenever it. we take a guy out. All right. It's the Taysom yeah. Hill Memorial Draft, even though he's still alive. Go ahead. All right. Cool. Good. All right. I like that. We got enough options. All right. Who has the longest run by a quarterback in NFL history? Who has the longest Terrell Pryor, run? 90 yards. Terrell Pryor, 90 wow. yards for the Raiders. 93 Boom. yards. But good job, Close man. Enough. I was really right. – I'm impressed. Way to go. Right. You know who it was against? Uh, I can still remember it against the Jets in the Meadowlands, I think. I believe that was the day it happened. Maybe I'm wrong. I just remember. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I thought it was at home. I thought it was home. You might be I right. I think it is infield. at home now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> he, he ran through that crappy infield that we'll never have to see again. Okay. Um, it was against the Steelers, Pete Demolitis says. Ah, All right. There we go. This one's easy. The all-time gimmick player. Uh, one of the cornerstone members of the Chicago Bears of 1985. He took yeah. not just the football world by storm. He was a crossover cultural icon. William the Refrigerator Perry, all 300-plus pounds of him. He's a guy who looked like he was 500 pounds, even though he wasn't much over 300 pounds. Back in those days, there weren't as many 300-pounders. But uh, running the ball out of the backfield, I think he caught a pass at one point in a Monday night football game against the Packers. But but it captured the imagination of people beyond the normal football fan. It, it was, a, it was a, a dream come true for the NFL in the mid-80s because it got those casual Super Bowl fans engaged in the 85 Bears weeks before they otherwise would have been paying attention because everybody was talking about William the Refrigerator Perry, the all-time great NFL gimmick player, Chris. Yeah, that's, that's tough to go against. I mean, it really is. Uh, that's the guy that I wanted to pick first. That's why I was mad you got that question right there. But either way, that's, that's kind of where it started, right? I mean, that was the first guy that I, when I was growing up watching football, that was really played out of position in an interesting way, in a gimmicky type of way, either way. And, uh, you know, that, it was cool. It really was. And we're seeing it a little now, right? I think the, the Bears, Akeem Hicks, they got him doing a little bit of that the last few years, playing fullback for them. He scored the uh, he scored the touchdown in Super Bowl twenty that should have gone to Walter Payton and that spike he like he he cranked up for it two or three times and it was not a spike he threw the ball out of the screen I don't know if it ever even hit the ground uh, but uh, the 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 fridge the fridge was you know it was one of those years and every year there's some theme that pops up and there's something that makes it unique and special from every other year in '85 it was the Bears and it was Refrigerator Perry and and. In many respects, there's been nothing else like it since then. All right, you're up. No, no. That was a, a team with great personalities. All right, I'm going to Slash. All right? I mean, Slash, when I was, you know, in high school, Cordell Stewart, Pittsburgh Steelers, 
hadn't seen anything like that. What this college quarterbacks playing receiver. He's playing running back. He's playing quarterback. Sometimes they're trying to groom him into the future quarterback, whatever it may be. I mean, Hey, he's a guy. He was a big part of that Super Bowl team that lost to the Cowboys in Super Bowl 30 there because of his ability to do those slash type plays. You know, so he was the first guy I really remember, you know, on that side of the ball that started doing multiple things on the offense. You know, the, the, that vast, you know, difference as far as running back receiver. I think he even did some punting, too, if I remember correctly. So there really wasn't anything Cordell Stewart couldn't do. He's a phenomenal athlete. He was a big part of that Pittsburgh Steelers organization for, for uh, a big chunk in time and, and certainly made some plays in his time there. And you know what? At at one level, he 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 kind of proves my point as to Taysom Hill that a guy who does a bunch of things before he becomes a starting quarterback can still be a great starting quarterback. But I I I don't know how great Cordell Stewart was. You know, he had moments in his career, and I think with him, it was a very gradual building of his confidence, and it was something that happened slowly. And surely, and then something that would would happen that would shatter his confidence, and he would be back down in the valley again. And you'd have to build it up slowly. He went through that two or three times during his time as a starter, Chris. And uh, really, until they turned the page on him and went with Tommy Maddox in 2002, the Steelers gave it a good three or four years before they they decided he couldn't be the guy. Remember, he ended up in Chicago for a little while and then right. kind of washed out of the league. But uh, he had his chance. And uh, it was special. 1995 slash that was uh, that was, again, like like the fridge 10 years earlier, a guy who took the NFL by storm. All right. Next one for me. And uh, this really was a gimmick. It was the start of something that that became a trend in the NFL for a few years. And it was something born out of desperation. The 2008 Miami Dolphins, after a couple of games, could not move the football. They were desperate to come up with ways to move the football. And on the way home from their their loss in week two, they had a conversation. I think it was David Lee, the former college coach, said, let's do the Wildcat. And they had a conversation with the offensive players. And uh, they they asked the the non-quarterbacks, anybody uh, uh, have any history throwing the football and want to try to run quarterback in this thing? And Ronnie Brown put his hand up and the rest is history. Because they went into New England the following week and they obliterated the Patriots on their own floor in their own building, 38-13, to 13, Ronnie Brown ran roughshod over the Patriots. He had four touchdown rushes that day and a touchdown pass to Anthony Fasano. Five total touchdowns from Ronnie Brown in the birth of the Wildcat, even though the Wildcat dates back years earlier. They brought it back. It became a thing in the NFL for several years after that. It still shows up in the Madden playbooks, even though nobody really uses it anymore. But Ronnie Brown, even though it didn't last long, it burned very brightly, and on that day in September of 2008, the, the Patriots got burned by it big time. Yeah, well, yeah, it was the first time we had seen a team, I feel like, go all in on it a little bit. Like, you're right, we had seen it before then, but that was the first game where we went like, damn, there's like a full game plan of this stuff. This is unreal. And we are still seeing it, Mike. You know, hey, whether it's Taysom Hill or, you know, hey, think about Travis Kelsey. He lined up a quarterback in the Super Bowl and ran for a first down in the Wildcat. You know, I think he did that two different times. So it, it has become a little bit of a, you know, a wrinkle aspect of every good play caller's play sheet to where they have a few plays like that. It's greatest, great schematical advantage, you know, as far as getting that, having one extra blocker in the run game that really puts a defense in a tough spot. So 
Uh, that was that was unbelievable. I can still remember seeing that going, wow, you know, Belichick and the, the Patriots are flustered. They don't know what hit them. Okay. Um, Deion Sanders will be my next pick. Yes, Deion Sanders. I don't care that he was the best corner to ever play football. He also had a gimmick aspect to him. I mean, yeah, kick returner, punt returner, we know that. But dude could play some wide gimmick, though. Wait a minute. I'm throwing challenge flag. Don't uh, gimmick. It, it's not a gimmick. To you have just a defensive picked a guy that played pick, running kick, back kick returner, and nothing else. Be quiet. You just picked a guy that played running back and nothing else. But he else. was quarterback. He was quarterback okay. in the Wildcat option. In the and, Wildcat he, formation. and how many throws did Go he ahead. have? Three? I mean, Deion Sanders probably had as many throws as he did in his career. So relax. Hold on. Because he also played receiver. All right? He played receiver a lot. He's got playoff I think catches. he played he, receiver so much, you can't call it a gimmick. He caught 36 oh. passes in 1996. That's not a gimmick. That that's a that's a part time job at that point. Nah, no, he's a gimmick. That's what it is. You're mad that I picked him, and it's a great pick by me. And they put him in there to run reverses and deep balls, and he caught a bomb in Super Bowl Thirty from Troy Aikman. And I can still remember sitting there watching that. So hey, whatever you want to say. I mean, the guy had versatility, and you could use him in gimmicky type ways. You jerk. Okay, he's far more gimmicky than Ronnie Brown. So deal with it. He had 36 catches for 475 yards in 1996. By far, that was his biggest output. The rest of his career, it was more sporadic, and he didn't do much more gimmicky, by way of playing receiver after yeah. that. So, stop <laughs> it. Uh, I'm looking for any th- – he did throw two career passes, one with the Falcons, one with the Cowboys. Both were incomplete. So that would make his passer rating 39.6. If you throw an incomplete pass, no interceptions, no yardage gained – 39.6 is your rating. All right, next one for me. Hmm. Hmm. I, hmm. Uh, hmm. I, I, I guess I got to go Mike Vrabel. I got to go Mike Vrabel because when I think of the Patriots in their first iteration when they won three Super Bowls in four years, and, I, and one of the, one of the uh, images of Mike Vrabel catching a touchdown pass in a Super Bowl game is actually on the cover of the NFL record and fact book, which only – me, Peter King, and Chris Magdog Russo now possess every year. But uh, Vrabel, the linebacker, and, and he, he caught so many touchdown passes, you almost have to argue it wasn't a gimmick anymore. But um, he, 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 uh, he had plenty of work catching touchdown passes from Tom Brady, especially in big moments, Chris. Well, it was a natural, you know, like, like looked like a tight end, moved like a tight end, caught the ball effortlessly. Yeah, and it just seemed like in playoff football and Super Bowls, you always had to be worried about Mike Vrabel. They were going to find a way to get him the ball. So I'm with you. That was a guy that was on my list, certainly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's more than a you know, gimmicky guy, can catch tight end, you know, catch passes, tackles people, can coach teams. Holy cow, he's got it all going. He's a very talented individual there. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know what, I guess ultimately here, all right, I wanted to pick somebody from the modern day, like right now, but how can I not pick George Blanda? I mean, I, George Blanda is a guy like I never even saw highlights of. And even before I was even aware of who he was as a young kid, I remember people talking about, oh, George Blanda, he can kick it and throw it and do everything for your football team. I mean, George Blanda, his statistics, you know, I mean, it's, 98% or 99% extra point kicker, above 50% field goal kicker, let alone being a really damn good quarterback to go along with that. Uh, I don't know. That, to me, is a special skill set right there. 
So eat yeah, that I'm one. dropping the challenge flag again. No, no, you eat that one. You're picking a guy from an era where they played both ways. They did everything. They had 15 guys on the team. So not everybody that did gimmick. that. You're that's wrong. That's just the way that's, it was. That's no, just the way it, it was. We guys wouldn't were talk kickers. about guys Sammy like Chuck Ball was a punter and, and a defensive back. They were all doing it. No, they weren't. And either way, it doesn't take away from his vast skill set. So uh, eat it. I don't like you. You sh- you should have taken uh, Doug Flutie for his drop kick. Uh, that that would have been my next one if there was another round or uh, if you had taken all mine. The, uh, the remember the drop kick for Doug Flutie for the extra point. I do. That counts yes, as a gimmick. Just, that was great. I didn't know right, if that classified as enough gimmick for you, Mr. Lawyer. So I didn't want to pick we're, that. We're, we're running out of time. We got more PFT Live coming at you right after this. I'm going to give you some options for your favorite Mitch. All right, outside of Mitchell Trubisky, okay. there's no wrong. There's no there, there's no wrong answer here. It, it's whatever you think. Mitch Richmond, Hall of Fame basketball player. Mitch, the Godfather of Martin from old school. I know he's fictional, but he's a fantastic <laughs> Mitch. You might want to go with him. Mitch from old school is a really good one. I really like that. It's one of my favorite movies. I think I got to go Mitch Richmond though. I think Hall of Famer. Uh, and really probably one of the more underrated players of like my youth too, Mitch Richmond. So I'll go with him. I like that. It's a good one. You know, that was the guy I found too, Mitch Richmond. I I was a big Mitch Richmond guy back in the 80s. He was born in the same month as me. So I remember Tim Hardaway was with him as well in Golden State. Yeah, Chris Mullen. All that stuff. All right. We've got uh, some reaction to our draft yesterday of uh, the NFL personalities for whom we would like to caddy. We did get one of the candidates actually chime in on Twitter. Chad Ochocinco uh, acknowledged that my choice of him, great choice, actually the best choice. I picked Chad Ochocinco because, number one, he would have great cigars, and number two, he is an awesome tipper. So uh, we had that going for us. So I will be carrying Chad Ochocinco's bag at some point this summer when golf courses are open and caddies are allowed, Chris. No, well, he's not going to tip you. Here, you're not worth throwing any money to. But he would have some great cigars and be funny as hell. I know that. That's for sure. I have good cigars too. It ain't like Chuck Benaric and Lawrence Taylor didn't smoke cigars. So I, I'd have plenty as well. I got to be able to walk. I got to be able to walk the 18. I, 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 no, I don't want your cigars. Uh, you had Aaron Rodgers <laughs> as one of your choices. Bart Holder said on Twitter that Rodgers would cry about the distances being wrong, even though there is a yardage book. Do you agree with that? Of course I don't. I don't even understand what that means. Sorry, Bart. You're wrong. Okay? Buck up, Bart. That's Come it. up with better stuff than that. Well, I thought you said something else there for a second. We'll see you all on Thursday. Have a great day. I did. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 